Hello, everybody, and welcome back to DestroProds.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm Dead. Joining today, we got Birdie. Hi. And Nico. Howdy. And yeah. I don't really know how to go into this, so fuck it. We're reading Day Tripper. Not going to lie. I finished it at 3 a.m. this morning. Oof. It's a thing. It happens all the time. I procrastinate as long as possible. Yeah, I get that. Your commitment is appreciated, though. He did not cancel, folks. We are here recording the thing. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I had the advantage of... I had, until very recently, a job that was driving me mad, and I had time to read at work when it wasn't driving me mad, so I was trying to both read for pleasure and also get my reading done with this. So I'm a little... I usually have more time to do that than dead, but eh, it's still, but no, that's the thing. We all have our schedules. I have nothing going on. <laughs> yeah. But, th- but you see that in my experience, having nothing going on, makes it harder to get stuff it, done than having a schedule. Because you if you have a schedule, you're hell. You have to stick to, to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He makes a good point. Yeah. Although I will, I will say in, in, in dead's defense, it's actually better. I feel to read it right before you record anyways. And especially since dead's usually the one that's kind of guiding us through in terms of like what occurred in the book. Like it is, it is important. I feel like that you kind of do it. It's, it's freshest in your mind in that sense. You know what I mean? Like I think, I think I like me personally. I read this two days ago, so I try to do it as close to uh, the recording. Yeah, as possible. I, I, I read it a couple weeks ago, so hopefully it's still mostly fresh. I think most of what I need to remember, I remember mainly the big thing is the art. But yeah, and this yeah. is probably going to be a quick one because even though this is like ten issues yeah. dealing with relatively heady subject matter, um, not very eventful. In that yeah, not, sense, not very, so. not very eventful. It's kind of. But- the point <laughs> the po- yeah well that's why like i personally I, i'm the one that pitched this to the to the guys and i actually i i quite i i really love this book and if you guys did it that's fine but um you know as we get into it but like i i have a lot to say just like on like it like it, I, it to me like it is a, a a worthwhile book and even for me to revisit for that matter like i have the really nice absolute edition like the nice big hardcover and the art is like birdie said it's fantastic but like it it is it is like it's something that i think you, you can revisit on and think on quite a bit actually just like in terms of like it is just a, a, a i think a um you know a, a, it's about life it is about life it is yeah. about life and yeah. death like that's and it, it, i think it's depending where you are in your life or how you relate to said events in this book i think is you know it's it's going to vary for every different person right so yeah. it's 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 much it's really interesting i felt like in i will sense, say so. before getting into this I, di- I i like looked up a bit about the book like i know who do it, do it and stuff i read like the tail end of what the concept is like a month before i started reading it and then forgot about it by the time i started reading it so reading that first issue i was very confused sure and i feel like if i didn't know anything and had just picked up like oh hey issue one let's read this i don't know if i would have continued it yeah because like issue one is like i didn't know what kind of book it was going in so reading that first issue and just getting hey here is this snapshot of this dude's life it's not great. And then the ending happens. I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. But once I, once I like read the second issue and was like, 
oh, I get it now. Right. Oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, which I think is a testament to like they originally put it out and actually buy issues when Vertigo back in its heyday, like and like I think reading it all in in one chunk, like together together as a collected edition, is actually much better. To be honest with you, because Absolutely. like every every single issue and story that they tell is meaningless without the actual kind of end cap to this story i would say and even like the journey itself which is what life is right so like i think like obviously every like everything that happens in this is inconsequential to really anything else that happens in the story i would say like it doesn't really matter but like again like i think that's kind of the point yeah, we'll get into it, but yeah, I think that's it's it's interesting. Like, I think today's in today's market, this would have been brought out as an OGN. Absolutely, like, not as a, this right. This should have been released as just like a fucking full trade. Just here right. you go on your fucking bookshelf. Yeah, because yeah. like, because like coming out, and what I can only assume is a monthly release schedule. Yeah, like it it had to not do this book any favors. No. No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I would agree there. And these are, these creators are celebrated creators. Like, we're talking about the artists that have worked on books like, uh, you know, the, uh, the Umbrella Academy, um, you know, uh, Casanova with Matt Fraction. I, yeah. I always mix up the two brothers. Like, they kind of work together a lot of the time. But, um, yeah, the Brazilian cartoonists, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon. And, uh, yeah, just really, really stellar artists, honestly. Like, um I I, I, really, I enjoy both both of their work on other things I've seen their stuff on. Yeah, so I guess let's get into the book itself. Like 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 Nico said, uh, it's written and drawn by Gabriel Bond, Fabio Moon, uh, twin brothers from Brazil. They long storied history and comic creation. Uh, other person of note for me I want to mention on this book is uh, Dave Stewart, who did the coloring. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because the coloring yeah. makes a lot of it. Like, yeah. like art is great. Art is like really great. Um, there are like, like panels and pages in here that remind me a lot of Jeff Lemire in the best way. Yeah. Cause the watercolor technique kind of, like, well, not even like the watercolor technique. I'm talking about like, like the penciling on it. Oh, okay. Like, like there are certain moments where like the eyes and like the, like the facial lines and the, and it's like, even like the shading on stuff just looks real Lemire. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. But like the coloring for a lot of it, really makes it pop and kind of just gives it like that little bit extra Oh, absolutely. as coloring absolutely. is often want to do. And David Stewart is one of the, if not the best colorists in the business. <laughs> so like, you know what I mean? Like you see his name, like almost on everything, like all the Hellboy shit he's colored. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's a renowned colorist. Uh, yeah. David Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. If not, like, like I said, like in more recent years, you're starting to see some other names like Jordi Belair does a lot. And like, there's certain other colorists too, that I think do, do a lot of work you see, uh, especially in big two stuff, but uh, Matt Hollingsworth, but Dave Stewart is, known far and wide even if you don't take note of coloring he's a name that you you see on a book and you're like okay that's going to be colored well yeah so anyway let's get into issue one and we start off with just a bunch of obituaries uh three back to back just talking about um an artist who had painted um like 274 portraits of women he'd slept with all of them named lola not the women the paintings uh, a, a a former uh, football star who uh, retired 
I don't know for th- who's been retired for thirty years, a um member of like the Brazilian embassy because this is a Brazilian comic, is set in Brazil, uh, and all that stuff. And then we get to our lead guy, Bross, as he is uh covered in blood in a bar. Yeah. And from there, we get not we get not only chapter name but also the flashback because every issue in this, the name of the issue is for pretty much every issue except for one, the age Bross is in the yeah. in that point in the story. And they purposely don't have that one listed. There's a couple that they kind of they don't put the name of the age that he is in the actual uh, as the actual title of the chapter. There's a couple of deliberate things that I which another thing which I'll, I'll point out later too. If um, I, I'm wondering if you guys caught it, that was I really liked that they did that differed from different the, the other stories. Like and obviously I, I'm sure it was on purpose, but I'm talking specifically about the one where he's very young in it. There's there's a, there's something that they did in that one. I thought that was really well done. But yeah, all right, we'll get to that. But yeah, and a uh, flashback. It goes to uh, Brass reading a newspaper, talking about his dad. Um, his dad, a guy by the name of uh, Benedito de Olivo Domingos, a world-renowned author who apparently regularly forgets his son's birthday. Which that's just great. And as Brass is like walking home with his dog, he gets a phone call from his mom, and this is a thing that they do a couple of times throughout the book that I really appreciate. Uh, where they only ever show one side of a phone conversation, like at a time, like typically with like comics and stuff, they will have the speech bubbles from the person talking and then like little text boxes from the person on the other end of the line. This never does that only ever shows one side of the conversation at a time and you never get lost in it. They did a really great job of making sure that these conversations felt complete and that you're able to fill in the blanks without really missing a step too much. Just really, it's really good writing, and it's never a thing of like, like, like lesser writers will always go, "Hey, I'm on a phone. I'm on a phone call. Let me repeat what you just said to me, so that I can have I can give context to the reader or listener." With this though, none of that. Mm-hmm. They f- they felt their audience was smart enough to fucking pick up on context clues. As yeah, Bros gets home and heads into a little back shed area where he has a typewriter. And he can't write shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a big part of like his early years, like not even early years, like early adult years. Where so much of this is about relationship with his dad. Yeah. Like that is the biggest aspect of this outside of like just the general life and death stuff is his relationship with his dad and especially this first issue. Yeah, absolutely. I think it kind of circles back as the anchor later in the actual, like, um, you know, story, like by the end. But yeah, yeah, especially at the start. Yeah. Yeah. As Brass just gives up and heads into work where he writes obituaries for a Brazilian newspaper. In fact, he wrote all of those um, obituaries at the start that were that, that brought up uh, and him like looking at the life of Shlomo Lerner, the artist. Who's like, yeah, he had a shitload of kids with all those women and he did everything he could to be a dad to them. That uh, fucking uh, I believe it's the I believe it's the uh, like, um, oh yeah, the, the uh, football player. He's devoted family guy. Uh, other the politician ambassador always there for his son. 
which, you know, it's not great when you're currently in the middle of a little bit of a crisis about your dad. But, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's around this point where we get introduced to, um, I believe I'm pronouncing it right, Georgie. Uh, it, it could be George or Jorge. I don't know. I believe it. I believe it's Georgie because I think I, I double checked this in Brazilian Portuguese. J O R G E is pronounced Georgie. Mm, okay. Because that's the other thing I remember. They're Brazilian. They speak Portuguese. Yeah, it's the main language. I'm I, I'm actually Portuguese, and my dad's from Brazil. So, <laughs> so. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I believe <laughs> oh, it's Georgie, I'm half, so I'm going to just I'm go with green. that. <laughs> yes. <sighs> anyway, yeah, the two of them just kind of get coffee, have some chats. Georgie is going to be important for a while, and I really dig the relationship that these two have. Just feels like very, it's very casual, but important, you know? Cool. Are you guys still there? Yeah. Yeah. This is the, this is the problem I think we're going to run into with talking about this book is that so much of it is just your impression of how the characters interact with each other and the, the bits of life story that are told. If it react, if you react well to it, then great. You'll love this book. The art's amazing. The story is mostly well told, but it's not the kind of story because it's just snapshots of a person's life. It's it's not necessarily something that's going to extract intense discussion from us. No, yeah. I have thoughts. I just, I you know, I just had nothing to say there. But uh, but yeah, no, I. Yeah, I I, I kind of like this uh, this issue, you know this this one in particular because it has the setup about him being the obituary writer and and ha- barely having lived a life himself at this point and having it seems like regrets and kind of like you know uh, not really you know like like he doesn't love his place in his life right now like where he's at and kind of having his father's accomplishments kind of be thrown in his face on his birthday it seems like of all days is kind of like it's. You know, it's kind of defeating. I feel like in this moment, right? Yeah, definitely. And like, yeah. So, like for for me, this issue really was again. This is a bit jumping ahead, just to the end, uh, the end events of this. Yeah, issue, I was gonna do that. Anyway. Is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, big night. It's it's you know the annual event that's dad always misses his birthday for. Uh, he decides, hey, I need to get some fucking cigarettes. Heads to a bar, where he gets into conversation with the barkeep, who is the son of the guy who owns the bar. The bar's named after him. And nobody calls him by his actual name. And they just refer to him as a, like a derivative name of his dad's name. Right. Which, you know, yeah. it's not a great, it's a little bit no. of commiserating there. Yeah. You can't, you can't imagine why uh, our main character might sympathize with such a person. Yeah. We doesn't get to sympathize long as a fucking, as his fucking crackhead nephew comes in with a gun. Uh, comes in, uh, Robs him, of, robs him of the money, and then uh, murders his uncle. At which point, he turns the gun on Bross and shoots him in the face. Bross, dead at 32 on his birthday. And yeah. this starts... Um, this starts the, the storytelling trend for the rest of the book. Yeah. The, so, so... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so like the concept with this is pretty much every issue is 
here is a moment in Brass's life where he either has some kind of realization, has some kind of like miniature life moment, immediately dies. Right. And I believe the purpose of it is they are trying to just like examine like meaning like the meaning of a person's life and what a person wants to do with their life. And when that person dies, will their life have meant anything to them? And also, I, I yeah, no, that's very well put. I also feel like, like there is in, in the in the simplicity of the story itself, there is a lot of depth to it still. Though, if you really think on it, the more you think on it, and and honestly, for me, the more I've revisited it, because I think also it, it it's like I think the message at times that they're trying to illustrate in this is that don't sweat the small things in life but yet at the same time the small moments are are the things that make up your life like the special thing like the special moments like there's yeah. so many moments in this that you know i think you could you could if if you were to live your life to the extent of where he is by the end of this story in the last issue let's say and you're an old man that he he could reflect on like there's so many great things i think that happen in his life although in the at the time in the moment when you're living them you don't really realize you know what i mean so like it's kind of it's it's really interesting in that in that sense like and and like when i first read this and i i was wondering if you had the guys had this interpretation as well i didn't know I was a little confused because after this first issue, I'm like, okay, so is he technically dead now? And now he's just actually living these moments? But no. And then when I read, I read it again, not this time, like another time, I was like, oh, no. So these are just vignettes of different moments in his life where he did end up dying at the at the end. And, and, and like in the first one could just be any of these moments. Like I thought maybe that's kind of what like uh, led him on the journey originally was that he actually died at 32 and now he's just really, but then as you see, he, he sometimes bounces to the future and, and lives future kind of moments. Like it just, and again, it's just snapshots, yeah, it's, snapshots it's so, really. Yeah. yeah of, of his life. And, and, and I like how they added to the obituaries at the end of every issue as you go on. Like it's, it actually adds certain moments in time that they kind of reference from other moments in this book. And, and yeah. you actually see you actually see him accomplish more with his life at certain times as he goes on, like in his life. Like, you know what I mean? So like I, I think it's interesting how they did that. And I like it how it's not linear. Like it's not like hey, we're going to start from him as a kid, and then the next one, he's going to be a teenager, and then he's going to be a 20-something-year-old man. It's all over the place. Yeah, it bounces, right? it bounces like, all the fuck around. Like, yeah, issue I two, like that choice. Issue two, like it bounces choice. back in time to when he's 21. Yeah, I like yeah. that choice. I like, now, I like how they now, did that. There's one detail that's in the, that's in the uh, transition from that first story where he's shot in the face to when it flashes back to when he's 21, that... Maybe I would have uh, been slightly more engaged with the story if there was a, more of an element of this in there. But it felt like, given the way they transitioned from one story to the next, that there was supposed to be an element of magical realism in how the story was told. Yeah, is that the lady in the boat? Yeah, because that's a, if I remember correctly, that's like a goddess in, uh, that they talk about in the story. Yeah, it's it's like, but, uh, yeah, with issue two going into it, uh, it's... Uh, Bross is dreaming about a woman um, like sitting on a boat as there are like these uh, baskets of flowers kind of floating throughout the water and his and this woman in his dream is like hey you must come and see me and when you do bring me something pretty and it's weird like there are recurring like imagery of this like water and this and like just shit floating in the water but it 
it comes up like so infrequently and so like not tied to anything else that's happening that it just feels yeah like they wanted to have a different element like birdie was saying like they wanted to have this element in there and it just never fully like formed into something cohesive yeah, it's kind of more like surrealistic because I think it's the eighth or ninth issue where it's kind of like that too. Like you actually see him live many times. Like he's throughout the issue itself, it's showing him at different points. It's kind of getting all mashed together, kind of. Yeah, that'd be issue at nine. One point, yeah, issue nine. Yeah, so yeah, I don't. I know that's not the. It's not the same throughout the whole book. But you're right. There is a couple of points in it where they do venture off that way. That makes you maybe think that. He's in some sort of like, um, but then, but then ultimately that's not the point of the book. You know what I mean? Like it's, so like, it's, no, it's, it's, but it's, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Like they could it's not that I, I don't care that it's not the point of the book. It's just that usually with these kinds of stories, oftentimes, particularly with how kind of flowery and poetic, a lot of the imagery and the language used is an element of magical realism might have felt felt this feel more like a coherent through line instead of a series of disconnected vignettes that tie together at the end. And that may just be a me thing with it. Cause I've read and seen this type of story in various formats over the years. So it's not anything all that new. It doesn't have to be. It's literally like one of the oldest concepts people have thought about or wrote about or created about since time itself. But because of that, it's often about how it's presented. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's well put. Also, I will say, uh, these bits in like the water with the with the boat woman, these are the most Hellboy. Now that you pointed out, I can't not see it. Yeah. No, yeah. it seems like one of the gods Hellboy is like, well, all right then. <laughs> Um, one of the brothers too also worked in the Hellboy universe. He did some uh, miniseries for uh, in the Manola verse as well. I don't know which one mm. it was. Uh, I think it's called I Vampire. Yeah, so mm. they've also yeah. worked within the uh, confines of the um, of the Magnola verse as well. The, the brothers here, or at least yeah. one of them. Did y'all um, hear about the reboot movie? Yes. Uh, another one. Yeah. Tight. Well, no one liked the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched it, but I heard bad things. Yeah, I'm waiting for the new video game. Unfortunate for David Harbour. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, most of the video games suck too. So hopefully the video game doesn't suck. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, so Bross is 21, and he is on a trip to Salvador with Georgie. Uh, this is a trip mentioned in issue one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Meeting up kind of at the marketplace uh, uh, with Georgie. Uh, Bross gets like accosted by local kids. Be like, hey, you want a necklace? Hey, here's a bracelet. Hey, don't worry. Hey, your girlfriend will love these. Uh, which is a thing that they bring up here, but then never kind of bring up again. The fact that, like, uh, Bross is a white passing Brazilian. That's right. Yeah. Which it's it's brought up once with uh, with uh, Georgie saying, like, as far as they know, you're from another planet, dude. Planet white. Yeah, and he even made a joke to him. Um, in the first issue about going to the party saying like, I don't want to be the only black person at the party here. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, he was just making, and then he was just like, Oh yeah. He, he, and then he said like some, 
like government official guy was going to be there and he's like really and he's like no <laughs> and, like they just sit there and laugh yeah you know, because they're like yeah like that guy would be caught dead at my father's event type of thing right but yeah no it's yeah. It, 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 it i do like the um the banter these guys have like it, you know it's unfortunate the route that takes but but it, yeah. they, uh, which we can get into i i again that's and I think a lot of things are left up for interpretation in the sense, like, what happened to him? Like, I, I get that he went off the deep end a bit here because of what occurred to him. But really, like, that's a, that that took a crazy turn when that happened with Georgie. But, well, yeah, we'll get to that when we get to it. But, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so Brass goes swimming in the ocean and gets into a boat with a woman whose name I believe we never learn. Like, I don't think, like... I'm not. Just, I didn't just what, miss the woman, that, right? The woman he, uh, the, the woman he um, was with before his wife. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure we oh, learned no. her name. Alinda. I just apparently in my apparently in my yeah. reading it when I read it at 3 a.m. I completely missed that line. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's brief, and honestly, given the type of character this person is, not talking about her name or her like she's literally just like. When he asks, like, well, what do you do? Or where do you come from? It's like, I come from a place. Does anyone really, does having a job tell you anything about me? So she's kind of I, that kind of person. And I, I did like that, though. I like how she says No, there, there, there are you. those kinds like, of people. And, like, I don't necessarily um, bemoan this woman's existence. What, live your life. That's kind of the purpose of this book. It's just I, I personally find a woman like this tiring to be around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did like and I did like, though, the, the fact that she does make a very good point. It, you, when you do meet people and I could relate to this a lot, like a lot of the times you do make small talk about, oh, yeah, what do you do? Like, you know, like this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, right? that's like, like the it, second I, question you ask somebody when you've just mm -hmm. met them. Right. So I kind of mm -hmm. like how she just kind of wasn't feeding into that and whether or not you like you like her her outlook on life or everything else she is I, I i really agreed with when she said that like that doesn't really define who who i am in that sense like uh, and yeah. look at your friend here like he's into photography yeah like that you know what i mean like that's like i liked how she was kind of like you know yeah like, well, I, I mean i like it, that the point she's trying to make and i agree with it is that when people first meet they try to find some point of connection or sym symmetry that they can connect on to maybe establish a deeper emotional or personal connection. But in her opinion, like assuming that jobs or where you come from are the things that most define you as a person is tedious, which I don't necessarily disagree with that statement because Lord knows. Yeah. I, I could tell you what my job is. Uh, I don't think that's what defines me as a person either, but I could tell you. Right. It's, but it's just, it's a matter of how important is your, this is what I think is kind of the idea between a job and a career, because a job is just something you do to make money and survive, which is why she hates the idea of just saying, well, what do I do for a living? Versus a career is what you're passionate about, what you want to do with your life, what you find joy and meaning in. So that's kind of, and it is very point. funny on her, like, a. Uh or like take on both these guys given where they end up. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But he, but even in this moment like um Ross hates his job because it's 
it's just something in between doing what he really wants to do, which is be an actual probably acclaimed novelist that is like his father or something like that. Like, and it, and he can't get there because he's stuck in this job. He feels like doing this, and he feels like there's no meaning to it. And I think it's kind of. Cl- but here's yeah, the, at this point in the story, he doesn't have that job yet. Oh, sorry. This is in his twenties. You're right, but I think that's funny though that they do have this conversation. And then it turns out that he does become like somebody yeah, who hates. They, they the have they have this conver- they have the conversation, point. and she talks him into staying an extra day when he's like, "But I have a job interview to get back to." Right, 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 right. Yeah. See, that's see. But again, like that's why I like the arrangement of these stories because it kind of one somewhat informs the other or the previous story in that sense as well because of the fact that. There's not like it's not linear in that sense. Like it's not like yeah. Here's you know we're gonna start at this point and at this point it's kind of you know bounces around. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, eventually, eventually the talk kind of turns over to his dream about meeting a lady in the ocean, and Alinda brings up uh, probably gonna butcher this name again. I tried looking up a pronunciation, but I found a bunch of them. Um, Yamanja. Okay. That's yeah. probably as that's probably as close as a bunch of white. Well, I guess Nico's uh, Brazilian. So he <laughs> I'm pretty it, much white. It's not like I've been yeah. there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, a goddess of the sea, a protector of fishermen. Who there's a big celebration for her t- uh, uh, tomorrow night at the beach. But they gotta leave tomorrow. But fucking Brass is down horrendously bad, so they decide to stay an extra night. As uh, yeah, they, as a Brasson is hanging out, waiting for her to come up and, uh, she brings him down to the beach where the, where a like smaller religious sect have kind of come down to do their own thing before the more mainstream ceremony, I guess. Mm. And they fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and Brass heads down to the, woman. yeah, and Brass heads down to the beach where the, uh, <laughs> Where the ceremony is happening, uh, he gets brought out into the waters by a fisherman and just begins um, taking uh, the various like baskets of flowers and offerings to um, Yaman- Yamaja and putting them out into the ocean. As the fisherman he's with, who has a smoke ghost hanging around him, I don't know why that is. Yeah, there's just this weird like smoky spirit just kind of hanging on the back of this fisherman mm-hmm. as as they're like kind of going through stuff um he brass kind of pulls up the offering that Alinda had brought which was two dolls boy, guy guy doll and girl doll tied together and the fisherman's like you are not one you're two like this unties them puts them back into the basket and then brass drops to the ocean and drowns And then Dead they at twenty one. Mention at the end of this that that's something that actually does occur. In, yeah, I think yeah in Brazil, like apparently there are a lot of people that drown. I guess during this. Well, this is in the Salvador, I believe. Or sorry, in Salvador, yeah, where they mentioned that that is something that occurs. I think like uh, it, like actually happens. So which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly enough, uh, evidence uh, every year the number of uh, drowning victims during the festivities increases as does the number of children conceived in the sands of Salvador. You know, life finds a way, I guess. As we move on to issue three, Brass is now 28. 
and he and Alinda, who've apparently been together for seven years, are having a very bad breakup. Yeah. Yeah. And given uh, the way that, like, I mean, yeah, some foul language always happens at a breakup, but given what was talked about, it just seems like they weren't compatible. Yeah, like, no, they, at all. Like, there's some of it that, like, she blames him, he blames her, but just based on what they both say, it just sounds like, well, from the looks of it, yes, you probably both liked each other and had a good time together, but it's just... And again, this is like the difference between like love uh, and a relationship or a marriage is that long-term relationships are based on compatibility to some extent. Like, do your interests and desires coincide with the other person's wants and desires? And can they both be carried out while the other person does it? If not, then there's probably a good chance something's going to cause you both to split. It's just that was kind of an ugly one by all indications. Yeah, it was rough. Um, yeah, for the sounds of it, she was came out here to be a musician. And I just didn't work out. And so and so Bross has been like doing his career, doing what he's doing. She hasn't been. She expected to come out here and be like, hey, I'm gonna like go out here and I'm gonna make a name for myself. I'm going to do the music thing. But mm-hmm. when that didn't work out, she refused to like fall back into conform. any kind of yeah conform yeah. She, she refused to find any kind of actual job which then began like creating the animosity between the two of them and that just kind of boiled and boiled until it fucking exploded which is again this is this is a, a, a i think a reason a lot of relationships do end because i think two people two people have two different um ways they want to live their life and the, they they and she feels like he's wasting his life and he feels the same about her like you know what i mean yeah. like like so like it's it's interesting just because like you know you have two different viewpoints about how you want to kind of conduct yourself and your life and and he's kind of ready to settle down and and career wise and everything else and actually get move on from what he's doing now and, and advance to her career while she's kind of just like, you know what I mean? Like, um, not doing much with her life. I, fe- I but she feels he is it. Right. So it's kind of, it's interesting in that sense. Right. Like, I, yeah. and it's kind of what people make most out of their, uh, their lives. And some people feel like they, they just want to be like a free spirit. Like she is kind of just, you know, doing her thing and he's kind of, no, no, gotta, gotta go about yeah. it this way. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, a different story would have at some point, had her come back in or say what she's been doing but but she's not part of his life anymore the story the story is about his life so yeah at this their, point she exits the story yeah their story yeah. were the seven years and they're over now mm-hmm. as yeah and yeah uh, we, we kind of get like a uh, flashbacks to the actual big blow up kind of throughout the book but it's mainly uh bross dealing with the aftermath of that, where he is just horrendously depressed, can't really even sleep in his fucking apartment anymore, can't even be in his apartment comfortably. Meanwhile, Georgie is like trying to cheer him up, trying to do the best he can, and takes him to a Shlomo Learner uh, gallery of all the various Lolas. Yeah. It doesn't and work. It just finds- reminds him of, you know, what happened. Yeah. And he. Finds uh, finds a uh, emotional sympathy with his father when he thinks about. Well, I think what he specifically says is, "Was this what my father was thinking every time he was with another woman? He was still thinking of that one." And amusingly, uh, despite that, by the end of this chapter, he's not thinking about that. 
anymore. Yeah, no. As he's just like stay in line for stay in line waiting to get coffee, uh, he meet he sees Anna, the woman who eventually becomes his wife. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, all right, yeah, saw that, and then just goes to leave and does leave. But then as he's kind of walking away, he realizes, oh, I'm not depressed anymore, really. Like, I'm just kind of happy. I'm able to feel happiness again. So fuck it. Seize the moment. I'm going to go talk to that girl. And then he gets hit by a fucking truck. Kind of. Yeah. It actually actually just reminded me. It's kind of like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it or seen it. There's that uh, Pixar movie, Soul. Like, yeah. That kind of like, that's, it's, it's, it's very li- similar. This is a little to- Pixar-y, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of like we're uh, and and like Birdie mentioned, this is there's been other ways this type of story has been told. Like again, like it's very common in that sense, and uh, so that's why I think the art is, is important. It was such a highlight of the book, but uh, or at least from the perspective yeah. of the Bra- Brazilian cartoonist, let's say. But yeah, in Soul, it's the same thing. He finally gets his break, let's say, in terms of like his music career, and then he ends up killing himself. This this is or dying. He falls down the manhole or something. Yeah, like that. something like. I forget, yeah, yeah, but that this is again like he finally it seems like he finds like the woman he's gonna marry and then, <laughs> and then he, yeah. he dies right. Yeah. right and then he gets hit by a right? truck. Which, yeah. funnily enough, I looked up the translation of this. The side of the truck says uh, "foda entregas." I butchered the okay. pronunciation. That means "fuck deliveries." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so he so got he got run over by a delivery truck that said "fuck deliveries" on it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, this is uh I don't think this would fit with the story the way it's told. Um I would have been whenever they have one of these uh I don't remember what the movie was where something happens and they say, Well, that's why one that's one way this could have happened, but here's what actually happened. Clue? Uh, yeah, Clue is one of them. It's Clue's not the only one that does it, and I was run, Lola, probably run. something else. I've, yeah, that one does it too. So I've seen several movies that do this. And oh, I thought you were looking for a specific movie. No, it's just I've seen this done several places. I don't know if seeing what actually because the the idea here is that, like this is something that could have happened, and this could have been his obituary moment, but it wasn't. So his life is a series of these moments, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if seeing what actually happened would have mattered. It kind of doesn't. Some cases, I okay. <laughs> It kind of does it. Like, there are, like, one or two that I'd be like, hey, I would like some more context for that. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter. I I agree. I agree. And to that point, like, I, I, like I said, jumping ahead, I talked about it earlier. The thing I really, one of the things I really liked, I kind of hinted at, is how when they show him as a young kid, they don't show that. Because that would be shitty. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but they kind of allude to what happened to him the kid at the end of that story to die at such a young age. No, right? no, no. Like, I, I'm, I, not, I'm not saying um, show the deaths. I'm saying um, show what happened instead in, in life. Yeah, show, show what actually being... happened. Oh, sorry. I misunderstood what you said there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it actually happened. Yeah, no, I, I don't yeah. want to see brutal. I don't want to see brutal deaths in this artistic style. Yeah. And be like, uh, that, that'd be like if Mike Mignola made... Uh, Quentin Tarantino scenes or something like that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I I don't think they have to be that graphic with it, but I, I do like the fact where, like, it's almost like if you missed it, like, it's so quick, some of the deaths and such these, like, 
horrible. Well, well, there's some of them are worse than others. I mean, there's the one with his friend, but yeah, there's, we'll there's, get there. yeah. right. But like, there's, there's some of them are so quick. Like if you turn, you, you know, you just, uh, you, you glance, you'd miss it type thing. Like, like small accidents almost, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like yeah, some of but, these deaths are like, but, yeah, but again, um, I didn't really want to see the deaths. No, I just wanted no, to no. see the moments of life rather yeah. than the deaths. Right. Yeah, I but, I think the story wouldn't have would have been worse off for that if they had done that. Yeah, I feel like it like the flow is already somewhat disjointed because of the uh nonlinear nature of it. So I think yeah, it's, if they had stopped if they had stopped every time to show you what actually happened, it would have thrown off the flow even more. Yeah, and like I don't even think this throws off the flow. I think it like makes the entire thing feel kind of episodic. Mm-hmm. Just like just like they are just like, hey, here is a snapshot of this guy's life. We have the context from everything else, but like what's important in the moment is what's shown. Right. And so and so and getting like, hey, here is the snapshot of this guy's life. And that's what he's remembered for. Kind of makes the moments feel more impactful. Yeah, and that life like they say, like all things end in this, like, and that it's just as important as death. Like they were trying to say, like they're trying to make it seem like it's not as bad of a thing as you think, like because yeah. like it it brings meaning to life. You yeah, know what de- I mean? Death like, isn't it's some like things. horrid nightmare like scenario of like, oh god, I'm going to inflict this thing on you. It's the thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and that's and that's part of his character arc because he's in a, he writes obituaries and he feels that initially he feels at points in the story that his choice of pr- his profession traps him and that he can't write anything real but he mm-hmm. he finds real meaning in what he writes right. even when talking about death and that's when he starts to feel fulfillment from his yeah, career right. and from what he does yeah right anyway on to issue four Bross is 41 and his wife is going into labor mm-hmm. uh as he's taking her to the hospital uh phone starts ringing and something happened to his dad, but he isn't there to hear it. Mm. As he as he gets to the hospital, uh, he finds his mother outside, um, and is like, "Hey, your dad died." Yeah. Which that's apparently, a uh, fucking thing to happen. Yeah, apparently smoking thirty cigarettes a day doesn't do great things for your uh, <laughs> livelihood. Dude still made it to like his seventies. Hey, listen. Like, hey, some people do live a long time despite smoking a bunch of cigarettes, mm-hmm. but in the long run, smoking cigarettes tends to shorten your and, lifespan. And, yeah, a little and bit. I, and, I, and I think that when it comes to bras, too, I liked at the like when he, you know, I'm sure the cigarettes didn't help his situation either, but like he was just like, it's part of my identity, like it's who I am, like you know what I mean? Like I liked, yeah, yeah. like, and, it, it, and there's a lot of stubborn smokers on their deathbed that will be fucking smoking out of their neck. <laughs> Don't get yeah. me wrong, like, and I'm, I'm sorry if you guys had any family affected by cancer and shit like that because I know a lot of us do, but like, yeah, I, that's there you go. So like, <laughs> it is very yeah, tragic. But it, it is very tragic. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's also sad. great. That, like, you can't like, let go. It's also great. Like with that, it's like, hey, this is part of who I am. And it's something I got from my dad. Yeah. Just keeping yeah. it all fucking connected. Everything's his dad. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't help that cancer's genetic, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, as his wife is like in the hospital, just kind of getting ready for getting ready to go into delivery. Uh, he has to go off and deal with his dad's funeral. Yeah. Which is like big open casket thing. And there's this like fantastic fucking panel of just like everyone in like the little 
I don't know, rectory? What the fuck is this thing called? Uh, Just the room with the corpse. I, I think I think rectory is the term for it. I would have to check my uh, my Jimmy, the Catholic boy, would know, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but like it's uh, Brosh is like kind of leading a prayer, uh, Lord's prayer, uh, for his dad as it kind of pulls out, and we just see this like it's like this like block of white where the room is, and then just pure blackness surrounding everybody else outside. Yeah, and it looked so fucking good. I know that th- I know that those are just like actual like family there to grieve or some shit. I thought for a brief second that these were the people Bross had written uh, obituaries about as he was like ending his dad's uh, life. Interesting. But I yeah. mean, again, the parallels are there uh, as yeah. his father now, dies. Now, his yeah, his, his kid is brought into the world. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's mm-hmm. again, like there's a, in the, even in this issue, they're talking about life and death in this moment. Yeah, and I mean, right? even and the it, first issue was talking about every significant, for Bross, a, a lot of times, all of his significant achievements were overshadowed by the fact that his father is like a nationally beloved figure. And right. uh, based solely on the quality of the dad's writing, I don't know why, because it seems kind of pretentious and dumb, but that's just me personally. <laughs> yeah, and also, it's it's really hard to write nationally recognized writing. <laughs> but yeah so uh is the family buries the body and a woman that brass recognizes comes up yeah uh, as we flash back to ish as we flash back to the events immediately after issue one where brass is like at his dad's event he's talking to this girl and she runs off and he immediately recognizes who she is or at least immediately figures it out based on context clues that that's that's his sister, or half sister. Yeah, half sister out of wedlock. One of uh, born from one of his father's trysts. Yeah, but hey, his dad remembers his birthday, so everything's good. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if there is a right way to handle this situation. Like Bross, no. uh, maybe regrets not staying in contact with the person later, but I can't blame him for how his initial reaction is. Yeah. No, because th- then she's also a constant reminder of his father's possibility, like, his infidelity. Not possible. Kinda, like, not yeah. possible, for sure. His, for his sure, objective not, but... infidelity, see her. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, as soon as I said possible, I was trying to correct myself there, but uh, like, thanks well, for jumping. Che- he might have cheated on my mom. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's always, think, a, I mean, there's always a sticky toilet seat, you know. <laughs> yeah, listen. Th- thanks for jumping down my throat. As always, guys, I really appreciate it. Sorry, here let for, me buddy. back up that comment. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. As I'm trying to correct <laughs> myself, thanks a lot. <laughs> we do it to each other all the time. Oh, I know. I know. I'm joking. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> you showed a moment of weakness, buddy. The claws yeah. came out. <laughs> That one was just kind of funny because we were just talking about like, yeah, like oh, oh this woman is this woman is clearly my dad's uh, half my is my half sister yeah, my dad's half my daughter dad cheating on my wife and I see I just fucked it up again so <laughs> yeah like, my this dad, woman was this woman was my dad's half daughter dad cheating yeah this woman was born for my dad cheating uh, sure that's a possible proof of cheating I don't know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he meets her up. Uh, she meets him up again at the hospital, and it's not a great first reaction from him. Mm, well, understandable, well, given the situation that he 
potentially had to miss the birth of his kid to want to bury his father. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think there's any right. This is such a complicated problem. Yeah. That it's hard. Like, on the one hand, yes, maybe they could have found some commonality between he was both of their fathers. Maybe they could have been some kind of a weird family. Yeah, but then there's also like the like the ending as she goes to leave. Like he just kind of talks to her about like, hey, why did you decide to come now? What what changed your mind? What's happening? And it's like, hey, my mom is about to fucking die. This is it gives perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of like back to back real quick. It shows the va- the vast difference in their relationship with the dad in that a she has asthma. So, you know, can't really smoke and B doesn't really give a shit about any of his books. Has not yeah. read a single one of her dad's books. I didn't actually make note as much about the asthma thing, but that, that I really liked that how he let that was like his closing line to her, and she's like, "Yeah, no, I have that." <laughs> he was just like, "Okay, yeah, it's just, it's just like <laughs> it's just like Bross had his dad in his life, but it also had the shadow of his dad over him the entire time." And then this girl could care less. Could care less. Like 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 didn't yeah. like didn't have the dad in the life, but also is in no way connected to him outside of genetically. Yeah, that was a good moment. That was a that was a really interesting moment. In this yeah, just, like I said, her, no yeah. one's no one's really a bad guy in this scenario. This is just a very painful, uncomfortably awkward situation. Which I'm not going to blame anyone for acting how they did. It's just, it's just again, it's just something weird and awkward that can sometimes happen in life. So, yeah, like like a, a worse written story. Would have tried to make one of them the bad guy, and I don't think this does. <laughs> right. Like, right? It's just, just this is what it is. Like this yeah. is, yeah. The, these, this, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, um, Bros comes back into his mom, kind of telling him a story about their dad, about his dad, and he and brought and um, his wife Anna asked him to go back home and grab um, Emilia. A little uh, like wind up a like uh, music box kind of thing with like a little with like one of those little, like a ballerina things on it. Uh, but this one looks more like a Raggedy Ann doll. But you know, needs it to happen. Uh, but in doing that, he misses the birth of his son because he has because his wife is, gives birth to a son, uh, and his mom is like, "Hey, I want to give your kid this gown that you wore as a baby. So do you mind?" running back like running by my place and grabbing it yeah that was the like by all indications the grand the brush's mom is just handling things her like she she put so much emphasis on how she raised her kids and their family that she feels it's important for her son now that he has a family to continue those traditions even if for him given what he knows and how he feels about his father, that's sometimes a uncomfortable subject, but yeah. And that like this doesn't help. And like from like the big families like this, cause Ross's family is fucking huge. Yeah. No, we see it when he's the, the little next kid, issue. Yeah. 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 But, but like yeah. from big families like that, that is 
something I have heard of and seen in a lot of stuff. And yeah. it does, yeah, and it, and it doesn't play it off like it doesn't play it off like an Encanto kind of thing. It's just kind of a thing that is. It's a bit of a mess to deal with, but you know, it's family. Yeah, boy, there's a lot in Encanto that bothers me. You like, if I'm I'm I can't talk about the cultural stuff, but just from a character perspective, a lot of the writing in that bothers me. From a I've never seen it, and all I know about it is it's about generational trauma. It that, is, but it's about it's it, about generational trauma. And Disney pitched the wrong song to the Oscars. <laughs> Maybe, but like I would, my main problem with it is more just it's one of those things that by design can't feel fulfilling because they're like, oh well, uh, this story is about tension caused by generational trauma, but we also can't resolve it without demonizing the woman who's sort of the source of it. So you're basically left with no climax or no emotional resolution. So it just feels kind of like a leaden resolution. Meh, what are you going to do? Anyway, this well, thing. I mean, maybe not start with a story about genocide, but. <laughs> anyway, the story we are talking about, uh, Brass heads to his parents' place, uh, finds the gown, like a little paper baggie on the counter, and heads down into his father's office. Uh, just this big kind of basement place where he spent all of his time I'm just like yeah. drawing and uh, we see on his dad's desk a copy of Brass's book. Mm-hmm. As Brass then has a heart attack and dies. Not even getting a chance to see right. his son. Yeah. Which that ties in actually later on when they say they found yeah. the book on his desk. Pa- that, pardon me while I reference something bad. He lost the will to live. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what's what's Portuguese for rosebud? No clue. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know it in Spanish, but not Portuguese. Anyway, moving on to issue five. Brass very closely related. Yep. <laughs> yep. Issue five. Brass is eleven, and we get a very stylized thing of him being born, <laughs> and kind of the story of, um his mom's nickname for him. His mom's called him a couple times his li- her little miracle. And it's kind of been like talked about a little bit, but I don't think it's been to this point, at least fully. The, the, the story has been mentioned, but it has not been told in full yet. Yeah. So apparently the night brass was born, there was a citywide blackout. Right. I, bl- I believe in Sao Paulo. Cause that's where the majority of the story is in Sao Paulo. Uh, and and his mom just like started singing and said that like the second he was born just the lights came back on and it was like it was just like a, it was a miracle like like people in the in the operating room were like yeah this is a fucking miracle and so that's kind of where the name came from as Bross is telling this to his uh, two cousins who both immediately say yeah that's bullshit though but his sister's there to back him up. And they go to chase chickens as they are, as this, as this whole issue is just kind of a big family get together. It apparently happened like a couple times a month with this family where they just drive a couple hours out to uh, like a grandparents, I don't know, farm. It's not, yeah, farm. And yeah. just kind of spend time with everybody. 
Yeah. There are a lot. There's like so much, so many people. Yeah, yeah. So many people, so many things that to me feel strange from my perspective, but to them just seem normal, but which I like that kind of thing. It's, it's seeing another culture. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's really well done. Great cartooning. I mean, yeah, it's, it's fucking great. <laughs> like there's just like massive family, massive amounts of food shitting out in a field. Yeah, and his and I like that his son asked like, "Dad, we have indoor plumbing. Why can't? Why do we have to poop in the field?" It's like, well, because we need more. If we have to pump up water to run the toilet, so do you want to waste all our water? Yeah. Also, don't swear because he's because because Bross <laughs> yeah. says yeah, shit. Least, yeah. Yeah. It's also weird that the shitting rock is directly in front of the tree where the dad hangs out and writes. Mm. So there's just <laughs> it's like that. So there's just Maybe one it's like that thing you were talking about uh, with your locality earlier before <laughs> we got on. Yeah, just there's this big like half panel, like half page panel of just brass pants down, toilet paper roll next to him was his dad's like 20 feet away. Yeah. So it's like, ah, uh, what smell is it today? Human shit, chicken shit, pig shit, maybe cow shit. Oh, definitely cow <laughs> shit. They're next to the cow field. <laughs> I really like even the panel of them trying to push the car through the mud. The, yeah, the it's all following page. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a lot of be honest, mud and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's just a lot of things kind of happening over the course of this like year, effectively. Which makes me think, since you know this is a book about life and everything else, that these guys must be pulling from actual life experiences here, like oh, an fucking, actual like they have to be realized moment, like you know what I mean, like because like I just think like it's too perfect, and it, and and reading the thing, y- there's too many times I feel like you can or cannot relate to stuff, even when Bertie said like it's not something I'm used to, but look at this, look at the way they're all together, like in terms of like the even these like the family get together uh, part and all the other stuff, right? Like how there's like a, a thousand people there or whatever you know what i mean like so like they, they must be pulling this from actual like their life experience i i would not be surprised if that's obviously where they're they're they're, they're you know a lot of the shit's coming from in this book yeah and as they kind of go along um like the mom tells the story again about uh like giving birth to brass and it being a little miracle uh and then we get this very bizarre to me scene i don't know if it was weird to you where he, where Bross for a second kisses his cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get it. That's something that happens in other cultures. Like kissing a first or second cousin is not viewed as weird as it is in American Western cultures in most cases. Yeah. But it's, and yeah. And clearly, based on the 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 tone of their life, yeah, that moment is meaningful to him at the moment, but it has no impact in the long term. So it's just kind of like an innocent, innocent. Ch- yeah. child thing. Yeah, it, yeah, yes. it was. De- yeah, it was described in like little panels as it was pure, sweet, and fast, but it was real, and that feels like the thesis for this entire issue. Yeah, because because yeah, this wasn't like a single snapshot. This was effectively a year of this kid's life. I, yeah, I, and I, this is this is what his life was like as a child, and that's important for a lot of people. Yeah, so. and that's so that, that's what how a lot of kids see their life. They're just like fucking. It is just like they're going to go fast. They like they don't have a concept of how long things are, so everything has to be just fucking moving, moving, moving for them. 
Mm-hmm. And even then, they can still have these moments that like last less than a second and have a profound impact on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, yeah, I mean, the end is... Again, like, as I mentioned earlier, I like how they, um, you know, you kind of can figure it out for yourself what happened to him at the end of this issue in terms yeah. of uh, the exposed wires, uh, the, the, yeah. right? But, but um, you know, it, it sucks this, because even is, when, yeah, it sucks. This is, why, that, this is why I was saying I didn't want to actually see the death right. because, like, that, that kind enough. of gruesomeness would have really felt at odds with the kind of story they're telling. Yeah. It'd be so. like if uh Bambi showed uh uh his mother's brains on the floor because that's where the the, the gun right. shot her. Yeah, something. Bambi includes like an M, like a Mortal Kombat X ray scene. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So the family that yeah, so uh Brass and his sister and their parents head back home. And with that experience, like with his cousin with the experience like just kind of like realizing life was still happening to him he was like hell yeah i'm gonna go out there let's get a fucking i'm live life free as a bird nothing can fucking hold me back whoopsie dups my kite flew into some power lines doesn't go well for him yeah and it is also very like tragically funny the way they describe it of like hey this kid born in a blackout dies from power lines and and the final line of his obituary is and with light the little miracle was gone yeah yeah that's that's one thing that you know no matter how you look at this stuff like you the the somebody dying at that age is the most tragic i feel like i know they're trying to make like sense or that make this a beautiful kind of like you know what i mean but thing uh it like uh making you not feel maybe that way about death but i just feel like in that sense when it's a kid situation just because they have so much life still ahead of them potentially it's always like really shitty so like i i liked how they although they alluded to this happening at the end of this issue it's not like this it, it, it it's not like this is the this defines the whole story you know what i yeah. mean like uh this one moment so i i yeah because that would be a little bit tough for for me if it was just like yeah this this happened to happen to him at, when he was a kid or something and the story was about that then it would be a totally different story and <laughs> i'd be very sad about it <laughs> like, right? yeah yeah, it, yeah it would be as gruesome and horrifying as uh that nutcracker story about the holocaust <laughs> so uh <laughs> okay that's the thing that actually was made it's I don't doubt awful. it <laughs> wow wasn't expecting that one anyway on to issue 6 Bross is 33 but before that we get to see a trucker's ass crack yeah <laughs> actually as am I as of 3 days ago nice <laughs> nice Nice. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I guess I haven't mentioned my birthday to you, Nico. I mention it to Dead every year because I ask to contribute content to a site every year for my birthday. Yeah. Oh, happy belated. <laughs> this year was Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, which should be available on the site now. There you go. But yeah, as this as this trucker is just like, hey, I got these fucking caffeine pills. I'm good to go. Hey, these fucking flights, man, they're getting delayed all the time. Thank God I got a truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cut to one month earlier, as is just a bunch of people trying to get flights into South Hollow. Or get flights out of South Hollow. As there's this massive traffic jam, uh, f- 
fuck deliveries is still out there running strong, cutting through traffic on their motorbikes. Just being real assholes. As we see Anna, um, Bross's wife, as she is giving a tour of this uh, facility that I guess she works at, uh, which is immediately uh, distracted as a massive smoke plume is off uh, in the distance as a plane is crashed. Which I... I don't know if this is inspired by a, a real flight crash that I read about while looking it up to see if this is a real thing that happened. Because like they mentioned this, it is uh, like TAM air, like TAM flight uh, 3905. And the only thing I've seen even close to this around this time was uh, TAM flight 3054. And I haven't been able to find any like corroboration that there, like that this is a direct inspiration from that. But it does say I just looked it up too, like what you said. It, yeah, it is Sao Paulo, Brazil. So yeah, maybe that's it's based on that. I mean, uh, possibly. I yeah, because because like, 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 like if these guys are like from that, because if these guys are like you know Brazilian natives working on comics in Brazil about the life of a Brazilian guy, and a fucking massive plane crash happened. Right. That might be a bit pivotal. <laughs> yeah, because this happened in 2007. This comic was done... Uh, like 2009, 2010, I think. There you go. So yeah. probably. That's probably where they yeah. took inspiration it, it, from that. that I mean, that kind of thing gives weight. It's like when we read that horribly depressing story about the animals escaping from the zoo in Baghdad during the war. Yeah, Pride of Baghdad, that book. <laughs> God, that fucking book is. I enjoy it. I shouldn't enjoy it. Hey, you can enjoy sad stories. It's. Uh, Brug, you're telling me that? I know that. The amount of goddamn shit we've talked about on when we were doing anime stuff. Just, hey, here's a fucking nightmare about people trying to kill themselves. I've read 37, I've read 370 chapters of it. Gah. Anyway, so yeah, there's a massive plane crash, uh, and Brass is tasked with uh, writing the obituaries for all the victims. Uh, but he's kind of having a hard time doing that right now, as uh, Georgie uh, was uh, coming in from Rio, was supposed to come in from Rio, and Brass hasn't been able to get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. So it's just so it's just him trying to yeah. do a job he doesn't see the value or worth in, while also worrying that a person the closest to the being his brother that he can be might be dead and he can't figure it out. Yeah. And yeah, it's a rough bit of business. But but it's again, this is it's such a like the events of this lead to such success and realization in his own life about like his purpose, like, and what he, and what his job and what he's been doing, like reporting on the deaths of, of the events of this, uh, this accident. So it's, it's interesting that like, cause even in like the coming, um, stories, like in the obituary, like in another issue, they 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 mention like him being successful based off of the events of what happened here, like and which, which I guess led to other opportunities, right? Yeah, well, well it's, it's that he found 
he apparently found mm-hmm. meaning in yeah. his writing about people's deaths. And well, that's the thing. Brought he wasn't, his brought his. Hmm? That's the thing. He wasn't really while he was writing their obituaries. He wasn't writing about their deaths. He wasn't like, all right, here's how it happened. The plane did this, this, and that. He was just like, hey, this is who these people were. This is how well, they yeah, lived. Okay, let me rephrase that. He found meaning in writing about their lives in their obituaries. There we go. Right. To the yeah. best of his ability, and his creative juices were clearly flowing at this moment, and he found both um, professional fulfillment and creative success as a result. Yeah. This was the thing that made him like mildly ta- famous. Not even mildly famous. Like This was the thing that like made, gave him the push to actually finish the book, because like, like so much of like the writing that we're seeing is like is like imposter syndrome, living with the shadow of your fucking dad, and writer's block caused by God knows how much stress. And like that shit fucking that shit will just like be on you until something, no matter how significant or insignificant, just fucking breaks that and you're like, oh, I got it now. Like it and like it took this in order to give him the push to actually finish his book. And yeah, it, oh man. Yeah, I really like this comic. Oh man, I'm glad yeah. to hear it. I'm glad I, to hear it, guys. I, I was really worried because I'm like, oh man, I really like I this. Did you know, this, comic. <laughs> this is this is out of, this is out of left field for us. I I know, yeah. but that's I just like I, I I was just like sometimes when we pitch things, I don't care one way or the other, and sometimes it, a lot of the times it's things I I've I've never read too. I'm like, hey, let's read this and. You know, half the time they're not, you know, they don't, especially when you got to critique these things, right? It's hard to mm-hmm. kind of have a conversation about it. But I'm glad you guys said you like this one because yeah, this no, one, I'm like, I really, I really like this book. Like, I, I, you know, I, I feel, like I said, I use the word beautiful when I describe this book. I, I, I yeah. really like this book. I, I feel like, um, the story is helped by the art, but I still think it is a very good story to tell regardless. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that the art makes it, I think the art is what sells it for me the most. I think I think for me, like it's not so much like the technical ability art, it's the fact that the artists for this book were the writers. Yes. Uh, like like for for me at least, I kinda like going back to the Jeff Lemire thing. Getting a like direct one to one of what the what the writer intends to put into the art mm-hmm. and what the artist gets out of the writing. I, I, yeah, I agree with you because it's very authentic and it actually much more personal. I feel like when it's like this, and that's yeah, kind of what are, the story is. The problem is that there are some times when artists don't make good writers. Yeah, no, they de- definitely are. And, and, and I also and I also don't want to. Yeah, I also don't want to like disparage like writers and artists oh. who are different people. Yeah, who can collaborate well. I mean, look at um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Like, those two apparently have a hive mind uh, yeah. based on the quality of their writing. So it's not impossible to have a great product from two different creative forces working together, just like it's not impossible that having the same writer and artist will still result in a bad product. But in this case, yes, I feel like the Gabriel Moon and... Uh, Fabio Fabio uh, Fabio Moon Gabriel Ba. Okay, Fabio Moon Gabriel Ba. I've got the last names mixed. Um 
they knew what they wanted to present and how they wanted to present it. And that always leads to the best products. And Absolutely. That's why I liked this. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So as he finishes up the uh, obituaries, he gets a call from Georgie. Georgie's alive. He's never coming back. Georgie saw the plane crash and saw it was like he was almost on the plane itself and yeah, realized he had the worst he had the worst case of survivors guilt ever yeah and then with that realized oh nothing i've done has mattered so i'm done you're never gonna hear from me again yeah and then just and then and then tony todd called him and said you'll be dead in seven days <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so so uh brass hops in his car and begins driving out to rio where hey the ass crack from before is here and he's falling asleep at the wheel and then we get a final destination too the worst final destination yeah is that the worst it's 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 neck and neck with four okay is that the one in new orleans uh I don't remember where it's set. Uh, four is the 3D one. Okay, yeah, that's the one in New Orleans. Yeah, the one that got the one that got kicked off by a fucking stock car race crash. God, Anywho, I'm going to issue seven. Bras is now 38. He is also now a world-renowned author with his uh with his uh, debut novel, Silken Eyes. Yeah, and they also get like some ruminations about what fame does to people, and some flashbacks to the early uh, beginning friendship of Brass and Georgie, which started with Brass going, "Yo, check out that girl's ass." Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, like literally, it's he's a ladies' man. Yeah, yeah. The first line (laughs) said is, "That's what I'm talking about." Excuse me, just you look at that ass. Yeah. That's their this first. Is gonna be, this is going to be so exciting. I mean, I guess that is a way men can interact. I guess it's. Yeah, it's still okay, just cool, it's still cool. just funny of just like starting a, yeah. starting a friendship that involves you driving cross country to go find a guy and then waiting five years then waiting five years and then going at the drop of a hat to see him again. Starting with yo, check out that badonk, dude. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> if I met uh, my Jimmy when I was in my twenties, that would have been how our relationship started, but I met him when I was six. So our relationship started with, we getting beaten up by these sixth graders. Yep. We're getting beaten up by these sixth graders. <laughs> Just in between kicks. Hey, do you like Godzilla? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, it's been five years since, uh, Bras had last spoken to Georgie. And then one day he gets a postcard from Georgie. Which actually, it, I appreciate that. It was sent to him, but Georgie had no intention of ever sending it. Yeah. He was just writing them, I guess, to assuage his own guilt for having completely cut off his best friend. But he could never bring himself to send it because that would uh, horribly that would horrify him, like to see what he to show his friends what he had become. Yeah. So Bross heads off to this like little uh, village. It's real little. Like everything, like, mm-hmm. there's no roads. Everything's sand. Pretty much the only place of note is a very out of place motel. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, as we also get interspersed in here flashbacks of his wife trying to convince him, hey, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, just get a postcard, then you're just going to fucking drop everything and go find this guy? Yeah, it's like moral responsibility to his friend, he feels like, that he needs to be there yeah, for Yeah, and the wife moment. is understandably like, well, fuck him, you are a right. husband and a father. Yeah, you have responsibilities, yeah. that guy gave up. Uh, yeah, he was, he left you, like, he left this life, like, you yeah. don't need to follow him, like, where he is, like, yeah, I know, it's, you know, she was right, ultimately. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, this is one of those, uh, this would have been one of those moments where I would have liked to see what actually happened, because given <laughs> the way this chapter ends... Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm when not we get to that. I'm not sure what the what the cutoff is from what actually happened versus where this story goes. Yeah. So yeah, when we when we get to that, I want to see what your guys' interpretation of what exactly happened here, because I have my idea of what happened in this one. So yeah. yeah. So Bross get into this motel. Um, get into this hotel. Meets a woman who knew Georgie, uh, and how he just kind of stayed at the mo- stayed at the motel for a long time. Hotel, like stay at the hotel. Uh, helped around, kind of talked to everybody, was like a big, great thing, but then he spent all of his time just kind of writing these postcards, and then everything started falling apart. He ran out of money, was offered a job, rejected it, and then just kind of lived in a hut. Not even a hut, like a... Like, 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 the, like, the, like, the, like the burned fallout of a hut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, yeah, he just kind of gave up and then walked off into the desert. And yeah. Bross goes af- goes out looking after him, uh, eventually finding a new hut where Georgie is not doing great. Nope. Nope. I think he was already on the point of suicide before uh, Bross showed up. This just disturbed Triggered him enough him. to... Yeah. Yeah. To... Yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, so he's yes, he's just like, hey, I can't go back. I think I'm I'm done. And he's like, hey, I read your book. I knew you had it in you, man. And then he begins slitting his wrist with a knife. Yeah. As Bross dives at him, and Georgie just begins stabbing into him over and over again. Uh, as we kind of get flashbacks to the beginning of their trip in Salvador. And it ends with uh, Georgie stabbing himself in the stomach as both of them bleed out in the desert. Yeah. I'm, I thought this one was. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to guess that the cutoff point for like what's real and what is the framing device is right before. Bross goes to, like dive in to try to stop him from cutting his wrists. Um, I was gonna suggest it might have been like that's possible. That seems like the most um fair to to Bross and to Georgie. I was gonna argue it was after he the first um the first postcard he found. Like he went, he couldn't find uh, Georgie accepted that the postcard was probably the last time he would ever see him and left because yeah it's it's also entirely possible like like the second the, the, the girl was like hey he went off that way 
Bross went out looking that way, left for a couple hours, and was like, well, fuck. I went back home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I I like to think that he just ended up killing himself as opposed to both of them, like you dead said. I kind of I think that's more of a yeah. Because given given where we saw Georgie, yeah, he's not making it out of that. No, that is not um, a. That's not really a place you come back from. No. Now, now the reasoning. Do we all think it's because he thought he almost died in that crash, and it could have been him, and then he ran off the deep end after that, like he lost uh, it? Like, I, like, I mean, certainly survivor's guilt was a big part of right. it. I would argue, based on the argument that, um, kind of like it's he's the he's kind of the opposite inverse of Bross, where after the accident and Bross found meaning in his life and did something meaningful, Georgie never found anything that he felt was meaningful to do with his life so he just basically rotted away yeah and, and he yeah, felt until, he was wasting time yeah like what he yeah. felt he was wasting it. yeah like, yeah, like what yeah. georgie thought he was doing is what bross actually did that's right because because like both of them it's it's you know kind of same kind of like parallel of just hey this massive incident happened and then that both led to a and it led to a massive change in both of their lives but like where one of them was like of i'm gonna sorts. do th- like, yeah like one of them was like like both of them left the job they hated, but that one was like, I'm going to do the thing that I have been kind of complaining about for a while, but then that actually ends up bringing me the proper joy that I feel. The other guy's like, I'm going to do the thing I've always wanted to do and just fucking go off the grid. And then I realized, right. and then realizes, oh, I abandoned everything in my life that meant anything to me and I have that's, nothing. That's right. And he had no fulfillment in his life anymore as a result. And he left, he basically abandoned everything that he ever felt that he cared for people that cared for him and and yeah absolutely yeah no i and 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 then there's obviously a deep regret that follows that and then he just basically beca- became like samuel L. jackson at the end of pulp fiction where he's just gonna be like kung fu and wander yeah. <laughs> and, and again talking about lifestyles thing i know some people don't require other people in their lives to find emotional fulfillment. Some people are okay being lonely or having a solitary lifestyle. There's plenty of people who've written stories about that. Like Jack London uh, famously wrote stories about that, but I get the impression that for most people, um, even if you choose to like, you know, go off the grid, disconnect from society, not be part of, you know, the plan as it were, you still need, people in your life you still need connections for life to matter and i think for georgie he was trying to find something new to connect to since he chose to separate himself from everything he knew and just didn't find anything so he he... right which i think the isolation here ultimately at the end was his demise because he went crazy in that hut whatever he is he just went crazy because there were they showed like there were moments where people um met up uh so there were people who tried to help him in this community after he initially showed up the people who liked him people wanted to help him but he connecting with those people would have meant connecting with the society again and he he felt that disconnecting from society was his way to find his meaningful goal but he just didn't find anything i don't so even think it was he, like a disconnect from society thing i think it was just like he like he went out there and like it's the it's the fake friends thing from the like the intro bit on the plane like he went out there and he was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking everybody's best friend. Let's go. We're gonna be. I'm gonna be like as open and as connecting to people as I can." And none of them felt anything because 
they weren't real. Like, no one knew who he was. He mm-hmm. was just the guy who showed up and never left. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah there were a couple a people point. who wanted yeah. to connect with him, but... But he just couldn't. He because... wouldn't let them. He wouldn't let them. Yeah. <laughs> because he... Yeah, he had the survival's guilt. He had the survivor's guilt, which then led to him removing himself from the only real meaningful connection in his fucking life. And it just sucks because Ross felt such fucking like, like he felt guilty about what happened here at the end. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's almost like he felt such a responsibility. He's like, he's my best. He's like best friend. I have to do it because yeah, I'm because Ross like, is a know, good like, person. Like, if you, yeah. if you're a good enough friend with someone, there's a lot you're willing to do sure. to help them through a lot. And I feel like having those friends saves you at a lot of points from the things that suck about life. And I've had that happen. Uh, yeah. Other people in my life have had that happen that I've had to be there for, and they have to be there for me. So again, this is, he made the choice and maybe for him, it was the only choice he could have made. But ultimately I think disconnecting from everyone was what, what screwed him. Absolutely. But that was just, that was his choice to make. Yeah. 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 I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Yep. Oh, well. Uh. It's all right. The pro- the problem with dead leaving is that uh, we have to keep talking about what we've already talked about because he's the one leading the progression. Yeah, not a problem. Not a yeah, problem. Um, yeah, of course. So yeah, so that's issue seven, I believe, right? And then we go into I issue. I think eight. so. Yeah, yeah. Which is is this, this the one with the flooding? So this next issue is interesting because unlike all the other issues, uh, Bross is not the main fo- focus of this. Yeah. So this, this is the one story. about his son. That's right, yeah, and yeah, and his okay. wife, and his yeah. wife, because like mm-hmm. at this point in time, he's kind of traveling a lot. He, um, you know, it's doing book basic, promotion. That's right, yeah. He's this is him now actually experiencing success um, as a result of the book and actually going out and, and living a part of his life that we really haven't seen up to this point in time. Like this is unlike him. He's always been more of like you know family oriented and at home and and you know like. And 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 you yeah. know, obviously, seeing his, his and, and there's still grow. a lot of it. And one of my favorite bits of it is even when he's traveling all the time, because so many bad fathers are like, "Oh, well, my dad's working all the time; he has no time for his family." Even when he's traveling around working all the time, he is still making time for his family by calling his wife all the time, writing letters, uh, calling at bedtime so he can read stories to his son as he goes off to sleep. Well, he so, he sends a letter to his wife, and his wife usually reads it to the kid. Okay, I think he. I thought he did call occasionally, also. Oh, he oh, he does. He does call occasionally too, and like gives yeah. these like long, like he's a fucking writer, effectively poems to his wife over the fucking phone. Yeah, but the reason I like that is because one of the, in my mind, dumbest and most overused writing cliches in a lot of movies is. Oh, well, I'm mad at my dad because he's working all the time and makes no time for his family, which. Uh, there's a little of that in the fact that he's absent a lot, but both the son and the wife still feel yes. his love Loved. as part of the yep. family. Yeah, and like even when he's not and, there, it's still like the narration is still talking about him like he is there. Like like the like, right. like the breakfast bit. 
where, where, yeah. where it's like where it's like Miguel is like talking to his mom about like oh this happened in my dream it was fucking awesome my- and then and then right. it was like and I was like yeah his father would just kind of sit there listening he never said much showing just an empty chair <laughs> you know what though you know my favorite part about it is this the fact that if the scene about him uh the son being uh waiting for his father to be there so he could bring him to school and how much he like the reverence that he has in his father for the book that he had written that he has it with him when he's in class and like you know what i mean like it's just the opposite of what we got when he kind of had this felt like disdain towards his father in a way for his success when he was like younger, despite the res- the fact that he respected his father, he just like he he was doing something that he hadn't uh, accomplished yet in his uh, career at 32 it, when we were first introduced to it, and then now you have his young his young son here in this moment, just like in love with the fact that his father like is a writer and that he carries around the book with him and like you know what I mean like and he he can't wait for him to meet his class like yeah. that's it's 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 mm-hmm. i really liked that like i really yeah, like oh boy and, i think i think this the end of this chapter hit me harder than any of the others yeah i yeah i can only imagine yeah <laughs> there's a lot I of mean, father son type stuff in this book that depending like, where it, you're it, at my, it's, my it's, situation it's, with my dad uh, is different from his because his dad Again, we're talking spoilers. Sorry, but uh, his dad was taken from him suddenly and without warning, even though apparently there were uh, warning signs based on the conversation. But um, uh, in my case, I knew my father was going to die months before it happened. I just had to slowly watch him disintegrate. But that's, uh, that's tough, too. No, that's yeah. but uh, out of the sense you, as the son, you then have to figure out how, what, where is my father in my life now that he's gone, and that's something that they both deal with. So, yeah, oof. yeah. Anyway, speaking of oof, <laughs> uh, we get to see Miguel watching Mufasa die. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how they kind of altered the art style enough so they probably otherwise uh, the mouse would have come down on them. <laughs> yep. They, this is legally distinct um, Leo Emperor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally no way like uh, uh, Kimba the White Lion. Not at all. Hmm, suspicious. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with this bit, Miko? Uh, of the Lion King stuff, you mean, or uh, the, the, the controversy about uh, the what that the Lion King ripped off a uh, anime movie? Oh no, I'm not aware of that at all. No, I'll have yeah, to look so it up. A, Kimba the White Lion. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, Kimba the White Lion. Yeah, it's, it's largely bullshit, but yeah. it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's very dumb and done completely in bad faith. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as yeah, like uh, like it up up until like this point in the in the story, um, they had been, it had been like beating you over the head with the amount of messages that he sends his family. Like sends his wife emails at work all the time, sends her voice messages, gets letters in the mail and stuff. And then, hey, right around the time they watched The Lion King, uh, those messages stop coming in. Yeah, no emails, no phone texts, no voicemails yep uh with the first one real with the first kind of realization of it happening during a blackout yeah 
and it's like poetry it runs that flooding that i'm probably more than i wish familiar with because uh sure i don't know if you've ever guys have ever dealt with flooding up there but uh uh when i was actually probably about uh bross's son's age my mom was driving me home and we were there was a lot of flooding so we were sticking to the high roads and one of the highest roads because it's so near the water is by the lake but the storm was so bad that it forced a wave over the over the breaker and the wave hit the car and it stopped wow that's rough buddy eventually eventually the car started again but for an agonizing 10-15 minutes we were just sitting there basically as the car equivalent of a beached whale in the middle of a storm. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we never get, That's I never scary. really get that where I am. No, I've never had to experience a flood, but yeah, that's, uh, I can't imagine like that's, yeah, that's scary stuff right there. Yeah. That's a, uh, you know, um, so yeah, yeah, this part also spoke to me. <laughs> yeah. As, but, 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 but see, again, this is what I, I've been loving about the conversation on this episode, because like in order to relate to, or even to, um, you know, uh, speak on the book, you, you, you know, you've, you've mentioned a lot of personal things from your own life that you've been able to take, like, uh, you know, that maybe affected you as a result of the stories in this story. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, but yeah. And I guess my point when I've said there would be less to talk about is that because this story is about life and how you uh, personally empathize or sympathize or connect with his life views and what happened to him in his life. Um, there are things you can say more about and things you can say less about, but there, it's hard to draw like a long connected uh, through line for, for yeah, like the like, plot line. line. Like, like this, this is not a story of like, dense events happening it's always simple no. events with dense meanings and so you're kind of yeah. able to blast through those while still leaving a massive impact on you because of what those meaning because what those things mean to you that's right so i think like that's where i think a lot of the conversation really lies is like it, whether how you could relate to what had occurred in this story or how you took inter- how you interpreted this stuff or what it means to you in the sense of like life and yeah. everything else right yeah and, yeah. and while i can imagine someone having no reaction to this at all i'm not sure i'd want to meet that person because i imagine (laughs) that person uh as either not had any they're either young enough that they've not had enough life experiences for this book to matter to them or they're the type of person who deliberately so so shuts themselves off from their feelings that they don't they wouldn't be able to allow themselves to connect the content of this book in any way that would be interesting to talk about. So Man, I don't get how you feel anything from this. It's just fucking drawings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Those people exist and we've met them. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so as this as this like blackout and flooding is happening, um Anna does get a call from Brass, and I don't know if this is like the police are like paramedics something calling from his phone to let next of kin know, or if that's actually him calling. No, I'm pretty sure it was uh, someone using his phone to call next of kin. Like he had left a voice because the last time we see him interacting, her, her interacting with him is a voicemail he had sent her before. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure the phone call she got was the notification call. Yeah. Yeah. So that night, uh, she tells Miguel the story of, the little miracle. 
Yeah. As then the next day, she gets the call from the hospital that uh, her husband has died. As Miguel then heads into class and reads <sighs> the last story. Oh, so yeah. Fucking heartbreaking this moment. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just his last lines where he's like, this is the last letter my father sent me. He was yeah. a writer. And I'm trying to imagine there, what either the teacher or the rest of the fa- the parents or the kids would do for the rest of the day after this moment, because I would just feel too awkward to do much of anything. You think those you think those kids who bullied him on the front steps come over and just smacked a letter out of his hand? Kids can be cruel. If their parents were there, I would hope their parents are not big enough shit bags that they wouldn't punish that kind of behavior. But I've known parents who don't punish bad behavior in their kids. But yeah, but, but, but just like, I would just, just, just like walks over and just like dunks it out of his hand. It's like, oh, what, your dad died. Sounds like a skill issue, noob. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, this teacher seemed like a good teacher, and. I, as a teacher, have had to step in in bad situations between kids before. And if I was the teacher in a room listening to a kid talk about this and some kid decided to be a shitbag, I would probably lose my job getting by punching this kid if they did. But Yeah, just punt him into the fucking ceiling tiles. They're, they're, they're what, light. What ceiling tiles? Dead budget cuts. Right. <laughs> punching him into, like, okay, punching him into, like, the fucking, like, heating ducts. Light fixture. Punch him into the light fixture. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So then we get um, Anna just kind of replaying the voice messages over and over again uh, for a few days. It looks like, given yeah. the change in clothing, as then her kid rolls up and they got a new dog. Yeah, yeah just kind of showing that like. Like this issue was a fucking great bit of just like breaking the breaking the format a little bit, and instead of having it be like, "Hey, here is here is how this moment affected Bross's life," then he dies. It's here how here's how Bross's life and yeah. death affected other people. Yeah, it was a deliberate and, and effective choice. I felt like for this issue, and uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. As you move on to issue nine, where Bross is in a dream. And this is a weird one. Yeah, not my favorite issue, I would say, out of all of them. But thank God for the one that followed it, the last issue, which I think was the best, if not one of the best of the series to bring it all kind of together. But yeah, this one was a little all over the place in focus. I felt like, which I think it was on purpose, but, um, weird place for it. This could have maybe been better, like in the middle of the series. No, I, I, felt. I, I don't, I don't, know. I don't think so. Like, like this is a weird issue, but this is very much where this put, where this bit takes place. Cause like, cause like you do it any earlier and it just, breaks up the flow of the story in a very weird way that then doesn't have the immediate payoff of the next issue. That's a fair point. Be, yeah, that's because, I, actually, like, I agree this, with what you're saying. Because yeah, like this okay, is effectively this is effectively the second latest we see of his life. That's true. And, I just, and so it's so like having yeah. the, and so having the context of the entirety of his life that we have both seen and not seen to be like able to like grasp at for whatever this dream sequence is. 
I'm really glad this wasn't the last issue. I'll say that. Oh, absolutely. This is the last issue. I would have hated this fucking thing. (laughs) Yeah. Ending on such a a non-literal, disconnected uh, series of unanswered questions, basically, would have felt very at odds with the rest of the story. So it's good to have this issue, but to end on it would feel at odds with what the story is trying to say. Yeah. See, it starts out with like old man, old man Bross, um, talking to, um, Yamanja again out in the ocean that I, it's weird bringing her back now, but now what are you gonna do? As Bross just kind of begins, uh, kind of goes out of the kitchen and gets to do a fight with his wife about, uh, their life and what's happening. Cause apparently it's not a great time for them. Assuming this is actually a real time for them and not just making something up. But yeah, then the kitchen starts flooding. The dog talks to them as Broston wakes up at his old job when he first started out of the newspaper writing, writing obituaries. At this point, he's still with Olinda. We can see by the picture on his desk. But then he pulls out the next batch of obituaries to write, and it's his dad, himself, his dog, and Georgie. And it and that's like this, that's his entire issue. It just like keeps like flitting back and forth in between the things we've seen and the characters we've seen and just melting them together in a weird way that very much does feel like it's leading to the conclusion. Mm. And I don't know. It's this feels like. This feels like the biggest departure from what they were doing up until now. It's yeah, out of out of place, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. this this is the other big moment where I th- would have thought magical realism yes. might have helped this feel more in line with everything else. If there was yeah. like some element of something supernatural causing him to experience these moments of his life that would eventually have to resolve itself in some way, but. I guess because it's not there, this moment of completely disjointed melding of it, of disconnected moments from his life, I guess for the purpose of arguing that, well, all of these are the same person, just at different points. You don't yeah, that, feel it as much because it's it the tone, the style shift feels so uh, at uh, odds with what the way the story has been told up to this point. Also, now just kind of like getting a quick life through issue 10. I think that is. I think that bit is actually the first instance of Bross actually dying. Yes. But that, mm-hmm. so in a way, so what I said earlier, actually, yes, this is the perfect place for this issue, despite it kind of being uh, seeming a little bit out of place. Two things. It is called Dream. They say that at the end of this issue. This 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 story is called Dream, this one. And and in a sense, it's kind of a culmination of all those different periods of times in his life that we experienced uh, previous to this story with the format that they were doing it in, making way for the actual conclusion to his yeah. life in the next issue. So the, yeah. in a way, yeah, that, the that structure was, is well done. That was his life I, flashing before his yeah. eyes. Yes. I get, I get that, but it, it, I would still, argue It still is that not executed super well. The, I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I agree. The way it's yeah. presented is is too at odds with how everything up to this point has been presented, uh, and because of that, it doesn't hit with the force I think it should. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we all we're all in agreement on that. Yeah, I, I I agree as well. It's not the best issue in that. Yeah, sense, and but... maybe a maybe an element of magical realism I, may have helped this I, land a little better. It, if like if because right. I feel like the river goddess should have come back more than she did. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, like if she was going to be like the last fucking, if she was going to be right. like a big thing of like, hey, here's your, hey, Bross, this is your life. If she was going to be that, I feel like she should have been a more recurring thing. Or even yeah, fu- or and even she like, doesn't have to show up a lot. She could just be like alluded to occasionally. Yeah, but or, it, or fuck that, make dreams more of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Be- because because having issue two and issue eight be the only ones that just mm-hmm. objectively affect dreams in any way of a ten issue series that's just weird. I I will say although I didn't I don't love the choice. Um, I I now that while we talked it out, like I feel like I understand what they were going for, but the but the execution of it wasn't very. No, I get uh, it. Gr- and- yeah, I get it though. I get I get what they were try what they were thinking with this yeah. one, but I I just it wasn't. I just think yeah, it was it great. was a mistake. I, yeah. I think that because they were so invested in telling the moments of this person's life. That they felt any like fantasy elements or magical realism elements they thought would take away from the emotional gut impact of that. Whereas, and I could see that argument, but my argument is if you're going to do that, where you're basically just going to tell a story out of order, but as literally as possible, it's hard to do more non-literal, more impressionistic elements in the story because it's just going to feel disjointed from what you've done before. So if they had just occasionally woven a few more fantastical elements or non-literal elements into how they told the story, tell the same story just with a few tweaks, this would have been, I think, even better than it already is. It's still good, but I think it could have been better if they had not tried to play it so literally up to this point. Yeah. Anyway, with that, we wanted to issue 10. Brass is 76. And we start with him being born. As the miracle happens, as in the hospital power goes out, and then a few, pa- a few panels of uh, blackness, as you then cut to Brass at 76, being told he has a bunch of fucking tumors in his head. And Bross deciding, yeah, I think I'm going to die now. Yeah. This, this has apparently been a thing that has, um, this has apparently been a thing that he's had to deal with before and is now deciding, yeah, I'm 76. I'm done. I'm not going through that hell again just so I can live another 10 years. Which I've known, um, not my direct family, but um, people like fam, like people that have had to deal with this very decision and have had to like, yeah, live had had to decide that for themselves as well. Like in terms of like, yeah, I can't uh, go further with treatment, and yeah, it's again very real. And uh, like I said, it's it's it, it, the fact that they chose this as the as the end, the ultimate end to his character is. Is it just yeah rings very true to a lot of people's experience yeah. in life, right? So I think it's 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 
it was a good choice. It's it's tragic, but uh, you know the fact that he's at peace here at the end, I think, is very. Uh, yeah, it's it's I I like that they did it like that. Like it's you know like mm-hmm. it's yeah yeah it's yeah yeah. So Brasket's uh, home tells Anna his decision. She takes it well, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I imagine that, again, this is that compatibility thing. I imagine that, like, she's lived this life of trying for to understand or look for treatment with him as well. Yeah. And she knows him well enough to know that he would have not wanted this. Yeah, she saw what he did okay. last time and could only imagine what it's going to do this time. Because, like, we don't know exactly when he would have gotten this before. Actually, that is the reason he dies in that one where his uh, child talks about uh, him dying at, at school. Uh, that last letter. He was 40-something years old, and he died from a removal of a tumor, they said. Yeah, complications, oh, right, yeah. From, the, yeah, complications from the procedure. So this okay, is, yeah, so when he was like 47. Yeah, so, so this is not new, but... Yeah. But yeah, uh, he's... So yeah, he's having coffee with his uh, kid, Miguel, out in his back porch. Uh, just kind of talking about you know, just life doing, just shooting the shit, father and son stuff. And uh, it also is talked about how um, Miguel had moved into uh, their grandma's old place and his kids chose the rooms that, like his daughter chose the room that uh, his aunt did and, the, and his son chose the room that his dad had. Just mm. nice little symmetry stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yeah, and... Uh, before Miguel leaves, he gives Bras a note that was found in the house, um, written to him by his dad. Yeah. And yeah, as he just kind of goes into it, and this is a note that, based on the reading of it, he wrote the day he died. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of talking about how, with your first kid, he is your life now. And how just kind of no matter what happens anymore, all you don't matter as much. Yeah, you don't matter as much. You're, the entire purpose of your existence now is to be there for your kid until they don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As yet. Hey, it's deep, man. Which, hey, if uh, being a teacher wasn't good enough uh, desire not to have kids, a line like that certainly does uh, helps along the process. But <laughs> As, yeah, Bruce is reading this. He walks out down to the beach and just kind of stares out into the darkness of the ocean. Yeah, which again, oh, that that look where it's like this feels like the goddess should have been in here more with stuff yeah. like that, but. If, well, I think the flowers that he has at the end is kind of that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, another, another yeah, another like uh, offering to to Yamanja, but yeah, yeah, just this. But it should have been in there more than like, yeah, quote unquote, at the beginning than at the end. Yeah, but I kind of feel like if they did have that in this bit, it would kind of ruin this last panel for me. And it would be more about that than it is about, yeah, the point. Yeah, so I guess, make, yeah, if you if you did it earlier and it's just, I don't change this moment, change some of the earlier moments. And they, that way, 
it feels like it's still his life. It's not like some divine destiny or something, which often makes stories feel weirder. Yeah. If you're, just, uh, if you're arguing that no life is destined, you had no choices. Like, well, fuck, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And just this, like, there's this final massive panel, just like the sand behind him and just going out of just blackness of yeah. what he knows is coming. Yeah. And really, uh, a river is a good metaphor for the this story because, like, he, he we look at different moments. We basically enter the river at different pieces, but it always goes to the same place. So yeah, I, I it would not just... have been hard to make it more thematically relevant, but mm-hmm. they chose not to. And again, it's not a huge harm to this film, this book by any means. I'm just noting, based on what's there, something that I think could have improved it a tad, but. I I really love the 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 words that he wrote in the letter, especially about how he says that like about the whole once you accept that you'll die, you'll be able to actually live your life. Like it, I really I really liked what he said to him there. He's like, you can let go and make the best out of your life. And what we witnessed throughout this book between the ex-girlfriend, between what happened with Georgie, like there was people that were lost in their own lives or their past or felt they weren't making the most out of all that, out of all of it. Right. And, 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 and Mm -hmm. just like he's at this moment finally where again, perspective is everything. And if you're a man in his seventies, who's just accepted his lot in life now with this, this is how it's going to go. You know, it's just, it's just a very freeing moment. I feel like for this character to kind of come to this realization and and the fact that his father actually had written this for him it gave you closure on, on that whole thing too with his father yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like well, because it's, yeah that it, so it resolves the it resolves the i'm in the shadow of my father bit to the extent that it makes it feel like well yeah i am in the shadow of my father but in many ways i am my father and I'm, that's not a bad thing yeah it's so well done I mean, yeah, it's... this they stuck the fucking landing. This was great. Yeah. <sighs> it's yeah, it's it's like I said, it, it could be as surface level or deep of a story for you, depending how you look at it. Like you said, the events in it in terms of a through line of an actual story are just a bunch of events. But the more you kind of read into it or the way that you want to take this story or think on it. It, it there's levels to it there, like, there's more depth in this than you actually feel that there is while just going through it and, and, and reading it honestly like and i i've revisited it a few times at this point and yeah i I've, i'm yeah it's a story i really 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 love and, yeah uh, yeah i'm just happy to talk about it here today because this was uh it's a it's a good one yeah like, and, yeah. yeah well that was day tripper yeah a fucking trip of a book <laughs> yeah we we definitely went on a trip with this one <laughs> pretty good one yeah 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 definitely yeah. uh so yeah that's gonna do it for this episode i guess um next time speaking of surface level a bit more traditional fare <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 honestly not as funny of an episode this time around either guys we apologize but <laughs> <laughs> next next episode, I'm sure we'll find some 90s jokes there. Absolutely. <laughs> As we're going Trust to 2099, me. baby. Trust me. I've only read two issues of what we're reading next. We're going to have the jokes. <laughs> yeah, so with uh, the... With the I almost want to talk about it when I can see you guys face-to-face next week. 
with the release That's right. of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We're going to be diving back into the fucking nightmare world of the 90s future with Spider-Man 2099 uh, by <laughs> Peter David and Rick Leonardi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, yeah, yeah, that's no gonna matter be a, how good of an author Peter David is, it's the 90s. The 90s makes everything worse. Is this, are we just talking about the first trade, which is what? Uh, first issues 10 something? issues. Yeah, first 10, 10 issues. issues. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that'll be coming up in the next month or so. Until then, though, I'm dead. I'm Bird. And I'm Neeks. And we will see you guys next time.